Have you ever been camping? How many of you like to camp? Show me if you like to camp. How many of you like to backpack? All right. I found that there's something different between backpacking and camping. Backpacking is kind of like camping on steroids because you take less and you usually hurt more. And But camping or backpacking the same, usually you stay in a what? In a tent, okay? At least if you're old school style or or cheap style, or whatever. You stay in a tent. And, and there's quite a difference between the way you normally live in your house, or your apartment, or your condo, and, and the way you live in a tent, isn't it? There are, there's differences. Uh, some of the differences are the amount of space that you have. Obviously, in a tent, you don't have much space, and you're usually not comfortable. In fact, I find camping or backpacking, you usually don't sleep the first night. Have you ever gone for more than one night camping? And usually you don't sleep the first night, and then you're so exhausted by the second night you sleep really well. So there's differences in how you sleep. There's also differences in the way you wake up. When you wake up camping, you wake up what time of day? 4.30 in the morning, right? And you've tried to roll over in the sleeping bag for a couple of times, and you're, you're still awake early. You're awake early, and, and hygiene-wise, the stuff that normally happens at home it just doesn't happen when you're camping, does it? Because it kind of doesn't matter. First of all, you've got to get out of the tent, and no matter what time of year it is, it's almost always freezing outside in the morning, right? And, and it's a long walk to the latrine or to the bush or, uh, or wherever you're going. Sorry about that. So you've got this, this long walk. Thank you so much. I tightened it. Um, you've got this long walk. And stuff is just different. Uh, one time Crystal and I were backpacking with another couple, and it was, rained for like three days straight on our trip. This is in uh, the Pacific Northwest. And we had our friends and us, we had these two tents. And a couple days into it, you've been soaking wet for days. You're sleeping in wet things. You're, it doesn't sound fun. Like if you don't backpack, that sounds like a great time. Um, but eventually... Like, you don't care what your face looks like anymore. You don't care what your hair looks like anymore. You don't care how you smell anymore. You are just trying to get to the end of the trail, right? Trying to get in and out of the tent quickly, set it up, take it down, and get on with it. How many of you have been camping and you see yourself in a mirror? Have you ever done that? Like, you've been camping for a couple days for a weekend and you get in the car and you look in the rearview mirror and you're like, oh my word! Who is this person? Because you haven't done anything. Are you tracking with me? You live differently because you dwell in a different place. You, you live in something different. And we're talking about that a little bit today in the context of encouragement. We're still in Colossians. We've been talking about rubbing shoulders together. And when we rub shoulders together, when we bump into each other, stuff comes out. And what we've found that God's Word is talking about is setting our mind on Him because when we rub shoulders together, whatever is in us is going to come out. So we need to set our minds on Him so that as we interact with each other, that those things that are of Him, that they would come out. And then we talked about the fact that these paths in life develop, right? We have old paths and we need to kill them. We need to cut them off. And God says, Make these new paths. Start walking in these new ways. Because in these ways are life. Okay? So we're back in Colossians 3. You can open there if you want to Colossians 3. 
And we're in verse 16 and 17 this week. And why don't you put verse uh, 16 and 17 up and let's read that together of Colossians 3. Let the words of Christ dwell, dwell richly in you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I love this passage, uh, and I, I really enjoyed this this week, um, because I was really convicted by this this week, as I thought about, how do I explain this? How do we, how do we talk about this this morning? Because um, it's, it's not natural for us to dwell on the words of Christ. You have to intentionally pursue dwelling on the words of Christ. And so this week... I've really been asking God, God, what does it mean for me to dwell richly in your word? Um, so I'm excited as we come together. But I want to let you know just straightforwardly that as I come to this this week, you know, some, sometimes, when you, sometimes when you read a passage, you read a passage and you think through it and, and talk about it. And other times you read a passage and you think through it and you're just broken and repentant. And that's kind of where I'm at this week. Um, So we'll see where this goes. We're talking about building each other up. And the first thing I want to let you know is that all of us are builders. Everybody here, no matter what your your age or your gender, your profession, no matter how much schooling or how little schooling you've got, everybody here is a builder. And so as we talk about rubbing shoulders and building each other up, this verse tells us that we all build each other up. See, Paul says right from the start, he says that we're supposed to teach each other and admonish each other in wisdom and in the things of the Lord. But the given there, the given is that we're all builders. We all teach and admonish each other all the time. Every one of us, all day long. We teach and build each other up with what we've got. Um, if If I love rugby... If I love rugby, what am I going to do a lot in my spare time? I'm going to watch rugby. I'm going to talk about rugby. might even play rugby. And when you're around me, what am I going to do? I'm going to teach and admonish you in the things of rugby. Does that make sense? I'm going to talk about it. Uh, if I love uh, knitting, I'm going to be into knitting, and I'm going to... Sharpen my sticks, and, <laughs> and eventually, I'm going to talk about knitting, and you're going to watch me do it, and I'm going to teach and admonish you in the things of knitting. If I love math, I'm going to teach and admonish you in math. Does that make sense? If I love cars, then as we talk, I'm going to illustrate a lot of different things with with cars and the truth about how an engine is a lot like life. And I'm going to teach and admonish you about how to take care of your car and how to keep it right. And we teach and admonish each other all the time. 
if I love my PSP, some of you guys love PSP or Wii or PlayStation or what, you know, whatever, you're going to, like, so if you're kind of, if, if you're young here and you, um, you get into video games a little bit, um, when you hang out with other guys and, or other girls and you play games, what do you do? You teach and admonish each other on how to get farther in the game or to do it better, don't you? Do you ever watch your kids? So like my boys, they play this PSP and they love to play, but they love to sit right next to the person playing and teach and admonish him on how to do it better and how to get to the next level. Have you ever noticed that? Now, did anybody teach them to teach and admonish? Did I have to say, thou shalt teach and admonish each other about the ways of PSP, Lego Star Wars? Did I have to tell them to do that? No. If you're a musician and you're hanging out with somebody who's not as much of a musician and, and you're playing a little bit, it, does it make sense? You're going to help them, aren't you? You're going to say, oh, if you hold your finger here, it's going to be easier to get that chord, right? That's how you do it. Teaching admonishing comes easily because whatever's in you, you teach and admonish others in it. Right now, I want you to think of something that you easily teach and admonish other people in. Just think something you like. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe you're the person who has those blank recipe cards, and you, you're happy to hand out a recipe to somebody who says, hey, I like that dish. What do you teach and admonish others with? Maybe... Let me flip the question around. Let me, let me have you think about somebody in your home, somebody besides you. What do they like to teach and admonish about? It's sometimes easier to pin on somebody else, isn't it? We're all builders. Now, I'm excited about that part, but think about this. And to me, um, this, is, this is, if not... If, if not the most important idea, in my mind, this next thing I'm going to say is, is the central key in understanding how to grow in Christ. Now, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm just teasing. And it's not, because, it's not because I've got it, but I didn't always understand this. Um, And I think you find this in Romans 12, and you find it right here. You see, all of us are builders, and the building blocks of life, the building blocks of life are ideas and word. Those are the building blocks of life. Let me me help you get there. Uh, in In this here, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Let the words of Christ. What's the word of Christ? The Bible. God's word to us. Word specifically means revelation. God's, God's revealing who he is in his son Jesus, in what he's given to us in the word. Um, specific revelation. So even at times when, when the Bible says that the Lord tells us when we ought to do things and when we ought not to do things in our, in our spirit, through his spirit, he communicates to us. God's word says that we should have his mind on things so that we, we can walk with him. 
He says, let the words of Christ dwell richly in you so that you would build each other up. Words and ideas are the building blocks of life. In Romans 12, do you remember what it says? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your prayer life? By the renewing of your intentions. By the renewing of your heart. By the renewing of your lifestyle. Be transformed by the renewing of your actions. Does it say that? It doesn't. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And God says here, the way to do that, in, earlier in the chapter, set our minds on Christ. Set our hearts on Christ, on his things. And, and take his word and let it dwell richly in you. So I was trying to think, how do you, how do you explain dwelling in? All of us know what dwelling in is, right? You, you live in something. And so... So I wanted to talk about this idea of, of what we live in. And this was the best illustration I could think of, is when you live in something, you're shaped by it. Remember what I said earlier? When you're camping, your day and your, your face and your clothing, and it all gets shaped by the fact that you're living in a tent, right? Okay? And, and dwelling in something is a lot like that. It's like living inside something. And you have to recognize what you're living in. So here's a, here's a tent. And when you're living in a tent, you know you live in a, you're living in a tent. When you're living in a mansion, you know you're living in a mansion. But oftentimes you don't recognize the words you're dwelling in. Paul says, let the words of God, let the words of Christ dwell richly in you. See, we're all builders, and all of us have words that we live in. The truth is is that you live in words, and I live in words. How many of you like to live in critical words? Nobody likes to live in critical words. How many of you like to live in, in lies? Nobody likes to live in lies. But we don't recognize it like a cheap house like we do when we're, we're living in a tent. When you're living in a tent, you know you're living in a tent, right? We already talked about it. You know you're in a tent. The truth is, is that you live in words. And so God, we're talking this morning about building each other up. And the context, the way we build each other up is with, with word. We build each other up with truth or idea. And this is, this is the part that I told you before that is really convicting to me. Um, I'm just naturally, I'm wired to, I think about life in the way where I, I look at things and, and I, look for, I look for the cracks or I look for the problem and then I try to solve that. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the way I, I think. That's the way I look at myself. Uh, that's the way I look at, at life here at, at church. That's the way I look at life. I, I look at things and look for the problems and see how can, we, how can we fix that, okay? And 
the, the difficulty with that is that I don't, I don't really like when people approach me that way all the time. Do you know what I mean? I, I like when people encourage me, not necessarily pick me apart and figure out what's wrong. Now, with myself, that's kind of how I, how I pursue God. I figure out what, what isn't right here and, and what needs to change. Um, so naturally... I'm a person who looks for what's wrong and then tries to fix it. So what do you think my natural inclination is when, when I walk into the room, like from work, when I walk into the room with my kids? The things that spill out of me naturally are, hey, that's not supposed to be there, and you know, pick that up, and, and just really, just really taken aback by by this passage this week about what, what I live in and what I build up others in. And so for me, this week, thinking about those building blocks, man, I think about being critical. All of us live in words. Nobody wants to live in, in negative words. Here's some things that, some words that some of us live in. Some of us live in tense, in words like this. I deserve to be happy. Their whole life is based on, I deserve to be happy. And they live in that, and they make decisions out of it, and they shape others in it. Somebody else has a question, a problem, and they say, well, you deserve to be happy, so you should fill in the blank. Now, God loves us, and he wants, he wants us to walk with him and have great joy in walking with him. But if you and I pursue happiness, what's at the end of that trail every time? Discontent and unhappiness. The wisest uh, the wealthiest man in the world, Solomon, pursued all of his pleasures, and he said at the end of it, it all stinks. Nothing satisfies. It never brought me the happiness I thought it would bring. Some would say, I've got to look out for number one. And we live inside this house of, I've got to be the one, because nobody else, nobody else looks out for you. Nobody else looks out for me. I gotta live in this. I gotta look out for myself. And your whole, your whole world is built around you pursuing what's best for you. And people get hurt around you. Because what happens when you, you pursue what's best for you? Everybody else around you suffers. Other words we live in. I will never have success in this. I'll always be a failure. I'll never win. I'll never hit. I'll never catch a ball. I'll always be ugly. I'll never succeed at this relationship. We live in words, don't we? And they shape us and they shape what our days are like. 
just a little bit more of you fill in the blank. Just a little bit more and I'll be happy. If I have that next whatever, then I'll be satisfied. We live in words. God doesn't tell us not to live in words. Because the truth is, we do. We live in words that shape what we believe, how we think, how we live our days. But God doesn't want us to live in a cheap tent. We build each other up with our words. We build each other up with the words that both shape us and that we give out. And he says, don't live in these words. Live in my word. Live in the words of Christ that bring life. See, all of these things that we went through the last couple weeks, one set of them are God's word. Patience, kindness, selflessness. They not only honor God, but they bring life. They build each other up and they they build us up. And the other ways they satisfy for a moment, rage, it satisfies for a moment, but it destroys You can live in that house, but it won't bring you what you're looking for. Sexual immorality, it satisfies for a second, but it's not going to bring you the joy you're pursuing that you think you're going to get from it. He says, build each other up in my word. And it's like dwelling in a house. Take a moment. What's one, of the, what's one of the words that you live in? What's one of the, not somebody else, but what's, what's one of the words that you live in? I have words that I live in. They aren't from God. But I find that I crawl out of the tent and my face gets shaped by them. My relationships get shaped by them. And God says, walk in my words. Just listen to these these words from the first part of this chapter. Because these are God's words about you if you're a believer in Christ. He says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't think about only things down here on earth, earthly ways of thinking. For you died when Christ died. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's what he says about you if you're a believer in him. He says, your real life is hidden in Christ with God at the right hand of God. You're immeasurably valuable. The creator of the universe came down for you and for me. He sits at God's right hand loving you and holding you in his heart. And the word tells us that his very presence, he's put in you and in me. When Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, 
you will share in all his glory. Whatever the end looks like, whether we go in death or whether the Lord returns, he says, in the end of all time, you will share in the glory of the creator of the universe. Can you imagine? There's there's not even words. What words do you live in? I'm, I'm no good at anything. I'm the ugliest person in the room. Nobody loves me. What words do you live in? Because we all live in words. And so God says, don't live in a cheap tent. Live in my words. A mansion built by the God of the universe. That's the house he wants you to live in, to dwell in his word, in his words. See, the the thing that I didn't want to do today is heap on us another to do. See, if you read this wrong, you read it as a list of things to do. Okay, I got to dwell in God's word richly, and then I got to build other people up too. That's not, that's not what he's saying. He's saying the house you live in, that's what's going to come out of you. But you got to figure out what kind of house you're living in. Where do you dwell? And most likely, you dwell in a cheap tent most of the time. Not realizing that there's a house in the mansion of a king that's got your name on it. The sheets you want are in a bed in the house of the God of the universe. And he says, live here. Live in my word. Don't live. So I thought we'd take a minute to dwell. And I, I just want to experience just for a short minute dwelling together. So if you could kill the lights. And uh, I want to dwell on a, a cool passage together and just dwell on some of the words of God. Can we do that now? If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, being one with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if you have any fellowship with the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and purpose. If you have all that, do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. 
each of you should look to the interests of others. Not just to yourself. My attitude should be the same as that of Christ, who being in the very nature of God, he didn't consider equality with God something he had to hang on to, but he made himself nothing for me. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Lord God, would you teach us to dwell in your word? Would you teach us to live in your house, to dwell in things that are true and right and good? Would you teach us what it is to dwell in you and to let go of our old paths, our old ways of thinking, our old tents, our old prisons? God, we want to be built up in you and in your word, and we want to build each other up well. We ask, God, that you would, that you would teach us today a bit more of what it is to walk with you in this way. In Christ's name. So the first thing is that we're all builders. And the building blocks of life are ideas and truths and words. We have words that we live in that aren't true. And Paul says, if we're going to rub shoulders with each other as the body of Christ, we've got to build each other up in the word. Paul literally tells us, he says, you're going to build each other up but you're going to build each other up to the expectations of the house that you live in. So if you dwell in these kind of words, that's what you're going to build each other up in. You've got to look out for, your own, for yourself. You've got to take care of number one. If that's what you believe, you're going to encourage others and you're going to build each other up in that. And he says, don't do that. Build each other up in my word. And then the rest becomes easy because the truth is is that we teach each other and admonish each other. We sing songs and it sounds kind of weird to say sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to each other, you know. Mike can do that, but you really don't want me singing songs at you. Um, but the truth is is that when, when you got a song in your head about something cool, you can tell other people about it. And he says... Your, your life with each other, you ought to encourage each other. Not just, not just when we're here. Yeah, we sing and we worship. We sing new songs. We sing hymns. We sing old songs. We sing new songs. We sing rock songs. We encourage each other. But, but he says, build each other up. 
build each other up in my word. You know, the opposite side of this is if you have friends that are, are believers and, and you guys are Christians together, you consider yourself to be family in Christ together, and, and Jesus very rarely to almost never comes into the conversation, if that's the case, I'd imagine this is where you live. If Jesus never comes into your relationships at all with each other, if you're not encouraging one another and, and confessing sin to one another and, and building each other up in any way, shape, or form, then, then there's some problems there with your friendship because that's, that's not what Paul calls us to. He says, live in the right house, dwell in the right house, and then build each other up out of that. So I want to tell you, you know, this week, kind of what I, uh, I did because I said, God... I said, how do I, how do I dwell in, in your word about this this week, about being critical and, and just having negative things to say? And so I just found a scripture in Ephesians 5, a couple of verses about how I love and shepherd my wife and my kids, and, and I put it in my pocket all week. And I read it at work, and I, I read it a couple times a day because, because I just need to, I need to repent and think rightly about where I should be living, about what I should be building each other up in. Going to church and hearing God's word is a part of that, but, but for me, if, if I hear the word once a week and then I... I don't really put any more in all week long. My tendency is to move out of the mansion and to move back into these words. Does that make sense? Move back into these old thoughts, these old paths that he said to kill. Kill off those old things. And so I don't know what it looks like for you. And I can't manufacture what it looks like for you. I could even have cards written and I could, I could do all, but it's got to be you. You got to figure out, God, how do I put your word in here? How do I start to dwell Less in the tent and more in your mansion. Does that make sense? You got to say, God, what do I do to dwell in your word richly? Because out of that, you're going to build each other up out of that. And the the truth is, is that out of that, everything you say and do, you're just going to know, I'm I'm repping for the Lord. Because because that's where I live. And when I walk out of his house, and and these are the things in my head, and these are the, man, I'm a son of God. I'm one of God's sons. And it's, it's pretty natural for me to rep for him. Does that make sense? If this is where I, if I live in the mansion and I don't live here. It's pretty hard for me to, to say I'm a representative of the Lord Jesus and, and I don't think anything will ever work ever in my life. So I don't know if that's a backwards way to encourage you or not this morning. Uh, but as the band comes up, we just, we just want to worship him and say, God, would you change my mind about what I think about? Would you help me to think rightly about your word and not in the old things? And I just want to encourage you, take a pen later. and You can't write 10 things down, but write down one thing that is an old 
It's an old lie. Maybe you nailed it to the cross a couple weeks ago when we did that. Maybe write down what the tent is. Write down where you dwell, what you think about, what you believe that's not from God. And then say, God, help me, help me to find. And if you can't find the truth about that, ask somebody around you. Maybe there's somebody who's a bit older than you or, or a bit further down the path with Christ than you. And, and say, what is the truth that's, that's the opposite of this lie that I've been living in? And, and go to the Word and say, God, help me to think rightly. And I just can't encourage you enough to be, be in the Word of God and say, God, would you shape my thinking? Would you change my head? Would you change my heart? And out of that, we're going to build each other up. If you and I are thinking in the, the things of God, about the Word of God, and, and living in His heart, we're, we're not going to be able to do anything but build each other up in that. Okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd take your word and that you would you'd teach us how to do this. And more than just knowing it, God, that we would actually walk in your ways a little bit more than we have in the past. Would you build each other up? Would you help us to build each other up in this way? In Christ's name.